Hello, and welcome to A Joyful Pause Podcast. My name is Nicole Taylor. I'm the author of the book, A Joyful Pause, 52 Ways to Love Life. And I'm so excited to introduce my guest today, Dr. Julie Caldwell. Hey, Julie. Hi, Nicole. I am so happy you're here. Let me tell our listeners about you. Okay. Dr. Julie Caldwell is a psychologist. She founded and directs the Evolutionary Power Institute in Boulder, Colorado. She is fascinated by relationship dynamics, including how we relate to ourselves, and endlessly muses on new ways to move out of the suffering of struggle, back into creativity, flow, and aliveness. She is the author of The Relationship Ride, The Relationship Skills Workbook, and The Inner Map. After completing school, she directed a treatment program for adolescents and started a private practice. She began training with Gay and Kathleen Hendricks in 1995 and went on to develop her own body of work that is grounded in their principles, as well as in neuropsychology, systems theory, and energy work. She lives in Boulder with her wife of 35 years and their three adopted canines. Ooh, three adopted canines. <laughs> well, what I, are your dog's names? Uh, now we're down to two. Addie uh, left oh. us recently. Um, she needed. Oh. She was 16. It was okay. But then we've okay. got yeah, C- Cody and Frankie. Yeah, they're Cody just delightful. Frankie. I don't know. It probably is in joy, a joyful pause, but uh, hanging out with canines is the thing. You know, if you want joy in your life. Get yes. it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. Joyful pause is pre-Maxine. Oh, so oh, I was <laughs> <laughs> I was not really a dog person. I was like, oh yeah, they're cool. But now I'm like, dogs. Um, it really does change you <laughs> when you when you fall in love with one. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> well, I'm a, such a fan of yours. I'm so happy to be here and I love what you um what you exude, the energy that you carry with you, and the work that you're doing out in the world. I don't know if you even call it work when you have the, the word joy in the title of it, but uh, <laughs> thanks for doing what you're doing, and it's really fun to participate with you. Uh, thank you so much, Julie. And I feel the same. I remember, I remember um, meeting you when I was in the Leadership and Transformation Program um, with Katie and just thinking, like, who is this? powerful playful being like I think the way that you balance um your skill set with playfulness and fun is like really intriguing and like makes me want to learn more oh good yeah fun like the idea that we could enjoy our lives that things could be fun that they don't have to be so hard well I just want to tip my hat to Gay and Katie Hendricks about that idea um, mm-hmm. that's how I got into their, their crazy work. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's really wonderful, but reading the, some version of the only real problem, you know, when we're, when we're doing this kind of work, when we're able to shift our own physiology, there's only actually one real problem, which is feeling too good. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, who are these people and how can I do that? <laughs> so that was a long time ago, but yeah, playing with that place of how, how to feel good, how to, uh, carry that through my life, how to have that be even a possibility was just mind breaking for me at the time. Like, what? How is that possible? (laughs) And so how did you get from that kind of perspective shift to having created an organization called the Evolutionary Power Institute? 
Well, so I went off to a training with them. I, I read their book, uh, Conscious Loving. Um, we started using it in my relationship, which was on the rocks. <laughs> I started using it with clients. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, geez, okay, this is this, there's something really different here. Um, it piqued me my curiosity because they had questions like, what are you getting out of staying stuck? I mean, that was a, a main thing. I was in the middle of some big power struggle. And then uh, we started reading these questions. What am I getting out of staying stuck? I, that, that I can still remember my whole being shifting with that idea that, wait a second, you mean I'm getting something out of it? I thought it was all her fault. <laughs> it was very clear what the problem was. <laughs> but as soon as it had something to do with me, oh, um, again, my body was like, oh, like, this is different. So I went off and found them. And uh, I went to, I did this eight day training with them off in Wilsonville, Oregon. And where, I mean, I, I just finished graduate school in clinical psychology. I was good at uh, Rorschach's and, and writing up psychological evaluations. <laughs> I was good at saying, so how do you feel? That I mean, that was pretty much what I was doing with people. And then they're like breathing and moving and, and you know, running around and, and wondering. Um, and a few days into that, I started feeling so good in my body. Um, and then you can probably imagine where the story is going until finally I felt so good. I got really sick uh, in, in this uh, land of planet Hendricks. They would call that the upper limits issue. Mm -hmm. I hit an upper limit. Then I got laryngitis. So I couldn't even speak the last two days. <laughs> but when I got home, I thought, oh, there, this is really amazing. Um, although then I had that experience that I think is often comes with going to a great workshop is there's a couple of weeks of, oh, this is so great. And then kind of that tailing down into, oh, my, my old way of being. So I went back to them. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm doing this again. Uh, and, I, and then I learned about setting intentions and creating commitments. And I thought, what I really want are playmates. I want people that are going to do this with me because clearly I can't do it myself. Uh, so that was what I did. I uh, set an intention, a commitment to create conscious community way back then in the 90s. Started teaching workshops. Uh, I opened the Boulder Center for Conscious uh, Community then somewhere in the, the 2000s, um, which then closed during the pandemic. We made our money uh, through rentals. Couldn't do that anymore. Nobody wanted to sit in the same room with each other. Um, oh, yeah. So we closed that nonprofit. And then out of those ashes came the Evolutionary Power Institute more playmates. I mean, that's really my big uh, uh, goal intention is to have more and more of us that um, speak a language of possibility and wonder and uh, creativity, all of those things that now I have a pretty solid framework of understanding how to do that, because I've had some time to try to sort that out. Mm, possibility, creativity, yeah. So is that how you see, is that what evolutionary power is? Is it, is it tapping into your, your field of possibility and creativity or is it, is it more? Oh yes. Uh, it is that. And, and so much more <laughs> um, <laughs> for me I, over, over the decades, I was a, a feminist early on starting about 15 and then, uh, going into, because I was, that was the 70s, that was a, a wild time, uh, into the 80s, um, <laughs> as I was learning um, how to sort of be a, have a self and, and have a career. Um, and so I was reading a lot of the feminist literature, including Starhawk. Um, and in her book, Dreaming the Dark, I don't know if you've ever read it, but <clears throat> she was the first 
person I read that was talking about this idea of power over, power under, and power with. Um, and I think now if, uh, looking that up, I think there was somebody, uh, some a social worker early in uh, like 1918 that first coined those phrases. I can't give you her name. Um, but so people have been talking about this for a long time, but I had never heard of this. What do you mean power with? I grew up in a family, very hier hierarchical. I was the, the, the fourth of four kids. It was all about who's in charge and who was going to submit. So that was in my body. Um, but then I started thinking about, oh, wait a second, this whole power structure systems thinking was coming into my purview. Um, and then, of course, with feminism, um, it was it took me directly into the question of what is patriarchy, which is kind of just based on hierarchy. I mean, it's kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just that we've got certain, uh, you know, certain folks in charge. Um, and somehow we've decided that or someone did. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so. So really wondering what is real power? Uh, because uh, something happened for me along the way where um, when I was, I was actually directing an adolescent treatment program in the 90s. And I was, so I was the director. And I remember the day that people were coming into my office and they were complaining. The secretary was complaining about the therapist. The therapists was, were complaining about the kids. The kids were, you know, everybody was like complaining. And I, I was sitting in my office thinking, yeah, somebody should do something about this. <laughs> I wonder who's <laughs> going to do it. I thought, everybody feels powerless, and so do I. That's mm -hmm. weird, because I'm supposed to be in charge. I'm actually supposed to be the one who has power here, and I don't feel it. So that that was like this bong moment of, oh, wait, who who does feel this? Who What is that? What's, what's a powerful feeling? Um, and so... We're really trying to understand that. Um, it like I'm even the people, even the billionaires, even the ones that look like they're um, really feeling powerful. They don't really seem like they feel powerful to me. And what I mean is not a power over. I can make you do stuff because I don't think it just doesn't seem very powerful to me. It, it just mm -hmm. seems sort of based on fear and I don't know something. A lot of substance use? I have no idea. I mean, what does it take to keep doing that day after day to kind of be a blowhard or all that stuff that, you know, it's not as though I'm separate from that. But so I started just wondering, but what's real power? What's true power? And then Kathy, my wife, um, coined this evolutionary power phrase. And I thought, yes, because for me, what evolutionary power is about is connection, connection to self, connection to others. It's collaboration. Uh, it's it's the possibility when we're when we're in this uh, when our nervous systems are relaxed we are naturally feeling powerful now it doesn't mm -hmm. mean the chest pounding kind of power it's the hey I can do this and you want to do this with me and wouldn't that be cool and what do you think and how do we both get everything we want and oh wait there's five of us or a hundred of us well how do we all get everything we want and because our nervous systems um, are available for that question, which they are not when we're in reactive brain. But when we're in this creative open space, we can actually ask and answer that question. We can say, oh yeah, you know, you know, we haven't thought of yet. So that's mm -hmm. what I love. I love that experience of, um, of being with people, being in that kind of connection. And I think evolutionary power is about that because I think that's what we are evolving from is from that connection and collaboration with each other, with the planet, with nature, with, with all of it. Ooh, 
my gosh, there's so much there that I want to like, I felt, I felt my own shoulders and abdomen and jaw relax when you were talking about true power being this connection, collaboration. I was like, yes. Um, and, and that, and that evolution and continuing to evolve is about deepening those capacities and capabilities that like that really lands for me that that's part of what we're up to and I guess I wonder I mean I feel like on some like cellular level we kind of know that but then I feel like I shouldn't we I'll say like then I notice the moments when I revert to these different ways of showing up in terms of power over or power under and that the power with feels like where I want to live but sometimes when I am operating from that place and other people aren't I get pulled back into the habit you know like I was I was um I was facilitating something and I was I had a co-facilitator and was really trying to um, come from a place of power with so that we could co-create a really strong container with the group. And I think in that making space for voices and not trying to control, I think that it was perceived as a power vacuum. And then my co-facilitator was like, kind of just took over. And I was thinking like, huh, that's so interesting. Like I didn't, there was not a power vacuum on this side in terms of what I was wanting to create. And yet it was perceived that way. And then I chose to try to take the power back. You know what I mean? And like, uh-huh. yep, yep. and it was just like, ah, oh, no, I feel like I got all these years of practice and I can still get hooked. You know, it's funny to yeah. me, but I wonder just what do you think about those like in a yogic perspective we would call that like a samskar like a kind of a groove in the mind these tendencies are grooves in the mind and we're creating new grooves all the time but sometimes we might skip you know skip that new groove in the record and go back into the groove that exists so when you think about habits and new ways of being how do you think we we make the deeper groove in the in those power with or in those ways of sharing that are less about hierarchy and less about control? Well, I know. <laughs> uh, well, first <laughs> I want to uh, say I want hierarchy. I, I love hierarchy. Mm-hmm. There is a, a place for hierarchy. Um, we, we, social order comes from hierarchy. I, if a police officer pulls me over or if like, I drive on the, the right side of the road, I we have these agreements that if they're backed up by hierarchy. Now, it, it, I have a limited brain on this whole thing because I'm of now and of my upbringing. But as far as I can tell, um, reactive brain, let's see, if I, how can I unpack this? Reactive brain is part of every single one of us. It's, it's part of our nervous system. We need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people use lots of terms these days, the limbic brain, the reptilian brain mammalian um in reading some other folks they're like yeah it's probably not quite that simple but it sure is handy to say it that way that we are constantly scanning for threat we just are 
that's a good idea. If I'm as I'm sitting here talking to you and like jiving with what's going on, like, but if if there's an explosion outside my window, I'm going to immediately orient to that. I just will. There won't be thought behind that. I my 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 attention will go over there because that's how I stay alive. So being a fan also of survival, um, that's a good thing. And as I'm driving <laughs> along, I was driving down on this two-lane highway down to Golden, Colorado yesterday, and um, a rock flew and broke my windshield. It didn't shatter it, but it Ooh. it was a big bang, and it banged into my windshield, and there was shattered glass inside. It really, I felt very scared. But it, I really, my reactor brain needed to be online. It was, I'm glad I had one because it kind of calmly figured out what to do next. And even though this big bang thing just happened. Um, so with, because of reactor brain being essential to our survival, I think we are so um, able to, um, to, to quickly, immediately, like there's no, there's no pause. Um, there's, we immediately react um, to the, the threat and we want mm -hmm. to be able to do that. So, but the problem for us is that reactivity, which then um, that when we get to talking about the inner map um, and David Hawkins work, when I am in that reactive state, I think of reactive brain, I get to either be mobilized or immobilized when I'm in that. So yesterday I was in a mobilized reactive state. Good idea, because I was still driving. I didn't want to mm -hmm. go into it in immobilized state. All of that is all built in and it's very contagious. And we're doing it constantly, constantly. Con I mean, we need to be doing that. And so as you're sitting in that room with other people um, and there's your co-facilitator, right? You're doing the same thing. I don't, I wouldn't want to make it so that you wouldn't be doing that. That's, that's my mm -hmm. point here. You need to be doing that and it's going to be unconscious and it's going to be um, immediate. But then what, right? Then, then can I catch it? Can I? Can I notice that my body is in this reactive state and then catch it and say, oops, now all of my thinking is going to be impacted by uh, what just happened. Um, I'm going to go into this kind of a stereotypical concrete way of thinking. I'm not going to be creative. I mean, I was not being creative when that rocket. I just was like, what do I do now? It wasn't a, wow, let me think of the 15 ways I could have. It's, uh, that wasn't what I was thinking about at all because my body, my brain was focused into a narrow focus, which needs to happen. So, so all of that is great until it's not. <laughs> and then, so how, what do we do next? I would say is the, the other question or a, a, an additional question I'd say instead of, well, let's not let that happen. It's more of, oh, it's going to happen. And maybe 10 times today it'll happen. Maybe 100, maybe only three. But now what? And can I actually mm -hmm. shift my physiology back into that old, uh, my, a much more open, creative um, space, what I think of as creative brain? I love that. So what's less about reactive brain bad, creative brain yeah, good. It's right. not a binary. It's right. Things will happen based on the resourcing of our nervous system. We may experience it as varying levels of activation, which may put us in a reactive state. And our work is to notice that we are there and then choose, is that useful right now? Which if you're driving and a big rock goes boom on your window, that is useful. You need to be responsive to that. 
as opposed to everything's fine and you're sitting in a conference room and you go into that, it's like, hmm, maybe not useful for the goal we're trying to create here. And so how do I shift back into that creative space? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Yep. I to be able that. to notice it. And I think um, I think of this whole thing as, as like this invisible puppeteer of of our own nervous system. It's it's constantly doing this thing, but our mind is being completely impacted by what it's doing. Now, I don't mean to make our, you know, we're not victims of our nervous system, but to just have some sense of the impact of this. At r intimate relationships, this happens so much mm -hmm. where, you know, so I've been married to, to the person, I'm not describing my relationship anymore. <laughs> Let's just, but some of the people I've worked with, oh, I've been married to you 20 years, and now we've had 20 years where we never could really resolve that problem. And so every time it comes up, we, you know, we used to try to fight about it, but now we just distance from each other. And now I'm perceiving you through all of those places that all those things that felt so bad, ways of being that felt so bad in my body. Now I think I'm that to you and you're that to me. So that whole idea of, I'm in love with you. You're so amazing. So you're so beautiful of that beginning phase of relationships that can degrade into, oh my God, I don't think I even like you, let alone feeling in love with you um, because I don't respect you or I think you're, you're just a jerk or you're just a doormat or the things that we uh, kind of devolve to because of all of the stuff behind the scenes that we don't even know is going on. Mm -hmm. which is really my passion with this is like wait a second everybody no if you can shift your physiology you can shift uh, how you see the world basically we create from our state so let's get really good at shifting our physiology yeah oh i love that let's create from our state so yeah. how how would one do that if i <laughs> yeah if i uh i think i'm in the middle of a selling a house right now and oh everything Ooh. that can go wrong has. So I need oh. to shift my state, girl. I really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Good. Well, I'm going to. Perfect. If you're, if you're willing to be um, a little, a guinea pig at the moment, yeah. um, let me, let me walk you through a process that I love um, the SEW process. Okay. Cause, cause I think that might help, help you shift your state. Perfect. Okay. And it's all about the, all about your house. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling you. Okay. Well, first, um, could you just complain full out about how hard everything is, but only for one minute, and I'm okay. timing you. Okay. Okay. Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm trying to sell a house in Mercury retrograde. What a disaster! <laughs> everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. To even to the point where the documents that we have to get notarized were FedExed, and the side of the FedEx envelope opened so all the documents are soaked and I'm just praying that they dry before four o'clock today when I need to sign them like how does that even happen how does that even happen it, anyway it's like that kind of stuff it's just that kind of like oh you need a permit for something that no one said you needed a permit for and it takes five days but but you're closing in three like I, I do not feel creative Julie <laughs> okay, Nicole. All right. Okay. Uh, well, just tell you, it's. I was timing you. That was only like fifty seconds. So um, you had ten extra seconds, but oh. because of time, let's 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 keep going. Okay. So um, if you'd be willing 
to first take a breath mm-hmm. and describe to me what are your sensations right now from if you can remember having a body dropping down mm-hmm. into it how did you know i was only in my head <laughs> well, i don't know it was a guess <laughs> I feel uh, my jaw is tight. My shoulders are tight. Like everything's tight. So there, there's everything's that. Um, I'm kind of like holding my hand, but it's not like in a supportive. Cla- it's like it's not in a supportive way that feels good. It's almost like gripping to not yeah. just like, ah, you know. Um, <laughs> and. There's some kind of like fluttering happening in my belly too. Oh, great. So jaw tight, shoulders tight, you're tight everywhere. And um, your hand is doing this thing. And then this is kind of gripping. Um, and then you notice some fluttering in your belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And so to keep breathing into those places. And then what I want to do is, kind of as if we're going to just put labels like little tags on each one of those places Hmm. when you, so your only choices are mad and sad and scared. Mm -hmm. Now there's glad and sexual in the emotional world. We can get to that, but for this exercise, just mad and sad and scared will probably do just fine. So if you're going to put little label tags on um, your jaw being tight, your shoulders being tight, is that anger, fear, or sadness? Yeah, that's anger. Anger, great. Yeah. And then, how about uh, your gripping hand? Um. Huh. That's. I think that's fear, actually. Okay, so we got some fear, and then um, your flutters in your belly. Yeah, that's definitely fear. Definitely fear. Mm-hmm. And you said tight all over. Is there anything, any other place that we didn't get to? No, it's mostly in my upper body, though. Uh-huh. Great. Upper body. Um, all the stuff you were just listing. Now, mm-hmm. okay. So so knowing that you feel, you've, you said anger. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not teaching you this, but I'm describing it, so I'm going to do some sort of sideways teaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, each of these emotions has a question that goes with it. I like to keep things simple, especially because my reactor brain cannot remember stuff. So um, anger, the two questions that I'd like to pose are, what are you getting that you don't want? Or what are you not getting that you want? Yeah, I'm not getting just, uh, like we did all of the right things and it's still going wrong. So I feel like what I'm not getting is ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then what are you getting that, no, let's see. <laughs> I get myself confused sometimes. What are you getting that you don't want, not getting that you want? So you want ease. And then mm-hmm. what are you getting that you don't want? Like time crunch, uh-huh. um, last minute when it didn't need to be kind of the influence of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Water where it should not be. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Like the, you know, like the, 
in, like an ineffective seal on an envelope. It's like random. Yeah, just random things going in a way that creates mess. Yeah, I don't want mess. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so um, now with anger, anger expression, there are lots of ways, but one way that I think the body really likes is to push because it's like, I stop, I don't want that, pushing out. And then also, ooh, this frustration, I want this to be different. So mm-hmm. would you be willing to just kind of push a little bit to give your shoulders and, um, and neck a little, oh, and your jaw, a little support there? Oh, like push with my arms? Yeah, push with your arms, okay. your hands into something. Yeah. You know, like, right. Maybe growl a little bit. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. You're talking about, your dog's name is Maxine? So, yeah, yeah. Maxie? Yeah, oh, now my dog is barking. Uh, like, right, the barking. Dogs know it barks. I don't yeah, want that do. intrusion. <laughs> so. <sighs> uh, yeah. Just to give it some support. Great. And then, mm-hmm. <sighs> now, as you notice your belly now, the flutters mm-hmm. and the fear, the question with fear that I like to ask is, what's the perceived threat or danger? That it won't go through. We won't get everything yeah. signed in time or uh-huh. permit won't come through in time. Yeah. Great. Great. So how about breathing into your belly and just letting yourself feel afraid about that? Mm-hmm. Because that makes sense. I mean, your body knows. It's not dumb. Those things could happen. So actually breathing and being like, oh, yeah, I get to be scared. I get to be mad. Whew. How's that going, letting yourself feel scared? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I was only tracking the anger today. I was not oh. tracking the fear at all. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, yeah. Hmm. Oh, hmm. Hmm. There's the little butterflies trying to like flutter <laughs> around and say, hello, we're in here too. Yes, scary. Of course, scary. Yeah, big day. Big day. And so what's that like to actually presence that you feel scared? Yeah, it's kind of positive from the perspective of like, oh, well, it's different than when you're buying a house and you need it. But if you're selling one, it's kind of like it goes through or it doesn't. It's not really the end of the world. Oh, there's uh-huh. no contingency, you know, so I feel oh, good the, point. like, hmm. yeah. Hmm. And so I'm just double checking. So how's your belly now? Any flutters still? No, I kind of like relaxed more and uh-huh. I feel some heat, but not fluttering. Uh-huh. Some heat's moving, some, some energy mm-hmm. going on. And then now as you check back in with your jaw and your, uh, your shoulders, how's that my, tension? My neck and my shoulders are still tight, but uh-huh. it went from like what felt like a nine to like a four. Uh-huh. Great. Okay, we're going in the right direction. So because mm-hmm. we're still at a four, um, I wonder if there's something else that you're angry about. Is there something else that you're getting that you don't want or not getting that you want? What does your body say? What does your your jaw say, your neck say? Mm. 
You know, it's just the timing, I think. I just came off mm-hmm. of a, a four-day training, and oh. I was, like, a little raw. And then to have so much kind of tumult when yeah. I wasn't as fully resourced as I usually am. I think I just, like, what I wanted was just, like, kind of like an easy week <laughs> after oh, that yeah. four-day training. <laughs> and this is uh-huh. the opposite of that. So Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm wondering if... Uh, I, I'm hearing some sadness in your voice. Do I hear that? Yeah, I think so. Like, man, I just wanted to kind of coast for two days while I processed that training. Damn uh-huh. it. Yeah. You know? Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And so then what's the loss for you? A spaciousness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. Great. And how, how's your uh, your jaw and your neck now? Wow, Julie, that was good. Isn't that, isn't that fun? <laughs> I love this so there much. There was Nicole. something left. Wow. Because right? you knew it. Your body, I just yeah. love that. Because your body is mm. so smart. Our bodies are trying, they're constantly telling us stuff. And we're like, ah, shut up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a drink of something or a look at my phone or whatever. I don't, Pepto-Bismol should help. And all mm. the things, but they're like, please just listen. I'm scared. I'm sad. I'm mad, right? And so then... Mm. Now, um, as you've shifted that energy, basically moved the dense energy through your body, um, the, it's S-E-W. The W is, I wonder what you really want. Yeah. Um, I want to feel, I want to create ease in me regardless of what's happening out there. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. And I wanna, um, I wanna lay down after my meetings are over at six. <laughs> oh, well, I totally wanted. To, I don't know if you can talk to in the microphone if you're laying down right now, but it wouldn't bother me at all. So <laughs> anyway, so create some ease, maybe lay down, maybe get some rest along the way. Yeah, um, yeah, we do have this idea, especially if you're doing a closing, that you're supposed to be sitting in a chair. Um, I you. <laughs> You might want to break that mold. <laughs> What's Nicole doing? Why is she laying on the floor? <laughs> Why don't we all lay on the floor? <laughs> right. And so, so creating ease. So you would like some ease and um, some, I'm adding, I'm saying rest. Mm-hmm. And how does that feel in your body right now? That idea of, of ease, creating, starting with you, that you could actually have ease. Yeah, that feels great. There's um, kind of a release or an opening around my solar plexus. Beautiful. So this is a a, a main um, tool that I love. SEW, I call it. Mm -hmm. Sensations, emotions, what you want. Mm -hmm. And so what you just did, you just did a beautiful demonstration of moving out of reactive brain which is like oh my god and and the things and all the things that you were talking about and we could have great it was all completely legitimate what you were talking about it just didn't help you Mm -hmm. at least it didn't help you have a good time at uh for the rest of the day maybe Mm -hmm. versus taking a a few moments to do this to actually notice your body and what it's trying to communicate that means oh you can actually know what you really want and if i'm doing that too um because I'm, I'm in relationship with you because 
clearly I am right now talking to you, but maybe mm-hmm. the people around you, then we're, we can, we have the big question of how can we both get everything we want? Because now we know what we want. Well, I want this stupid envelope to work, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I want people to be smarter when they're designing envelope. It's like some of that stuff may not be within your reach, mm-hmm. but, but this, <laughs> but this, this would be, and it, if I was doing the same process, it would be in my reach too. And then mm-hmm. we can both potentially get what we want. And we're in creative brain. So we can say, you know, what we could do, we could all lay down on during the closing. I don't know if you have a closing today. I'm making that up, but right. That that's right. We get to be creative and do something unusual and different just because we've surfaced what it is we really want. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hope our listeners were doing it too, or will do it too. Um, and I'll put your, a link to your um, website in the show notes so that they can find how to go through that process for themselves. Good. And I will actually send you a link. It's, we've, we posted its own page with some, um, some videos some demo videos. And I pre- I'm pretty sure there's a downloadable handout over there. And I think if somebody um, Googles SEW relationship skill, it mm-hmm. will bring that up. Yeah. Okay. That's so, perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, one thing that was coming up, um, and thank you. I just want to say thank you. I can oh, yeah. feel like I sound more relaxed to myself. Oh, good. <laughs> Welcome back. Than I did, yeah. <laughs> back in my um, I was thinking about you had kind of referenced a scale and David Hawkins's work um, and just want to make some space for you to speak to that a little bit in case listeners are not familiar. Yes. Thank you. Um, so David Hawkins created um, what he calls the map of consciousness. So he's written a series of books. He's, he died a few years back. Um, so the book that I would refer folks to is power versus force. Very interesting. Uh, he figured out basically how do you, line up emotional states and and beyond emotional states but if i say anger fear sadness they for me those sound like they're just sort of swimming out there in space he actually said no you can line everything up um from uh, well on his he has a map so from the bottom to the top is even though i would describe it a little bit differently but just if they could visualize if folks could visualize a scale a map going from bottom up um, and that the the uh, levels of consciousness that are at the bottom are the most dense energy energies that we have. So shame sits right down there. Dense meaning there's very little movement in in our beings. Actually, mm-hmm. if we're in, internalized, like if we're, if I'm in shame, there's a lot going on in there. But you you're not going to see it from the outside. My whole body's going to feel very frozen and, and disconnected from myself. But what he did was then line up things beyond that. So guilt has a little more energy than shame and it keeps going up. So then sadness, when we're crying, we don't feel good, but we feel better than we did when we felt guilty or ashamed. And by the time we get up to anger, anger, a lot of people like anger because it feels mobilizing and powerful. But all of that is still what I would uh, call below the line. It's not my phrase. It's We've looked it up. I don't know who coined it originally. Someone out there did. But it's all below the line. It's all in reactive brain. It's all a reactive state. But if you keep going up, you can go into a creative brain state. So neutral is a creative brain. It's like, oh, it just is. Life is. 
there's more power in that than if I'm way down in shame. Like, no, I hate myself. I hate life. I hate you. Like all the things that are in reactive brain. By the time I get into creative brain, my, my mind is literally changing. I mean, it's going to change from one level of consciousness. It changes if I'm in guilt up to anger or whatever. What I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm, it's going to be different from one level of consciousness to the other. It's just that I'm still in threat brain when I'm below the line. I'm still in all that reactivity, and I'm going to be seeing everybody around me as an enemy. I mean, there's bad things are happening in my brain when I'm in reactive brain. I'm trying to figure everything out. Where'd that rock come from? Uh, that's good, but it's... It, it, it doesn't feel good, but we get stuck there and we don't even know we're stuck. But then we're in this other place, creative brain. It's this open, expanded place. We all know, oh, well, geez, I feel so much better. I had a good sleep. I feel better. I don't know why. Now I'm, I, I look at the world, look at the beautiful flowers. I wasn't doing that when I was in reactive brain. So I created something called the inner map, which is my version of, of Hawkins. Very, I find it very interesting, but quite complicated. And I wanted something that I could refer to. Um, I'm the kind of person that gets lost in malls. And so I, find, <laughs> <laughs> I find those directories that it says you are here. And I find that very comforting first mm -hmm. to know I'm here. And then, and this is where I want to go. And so this map is my version of that. It's saying, oh, I can figure out, oh, I didn't know I was in frozen fear. That one gets, it's hard to, for me to notice. Oh, I'm in frozen fear. Or I'm an agitated fear. Oh, wait a second. I don't want to actually have to stay in those. I want to shift back above the line into to a more creative state. How am I going to do that? And there's just a bunch of ways to do that. Shift moves um, in, in the Hendrix world, they call them shift moves. And I love that phrase. I'm going to shift my physiology um, into a much more expanded state. Yeah. And that SEW process that you just led me through is one way to do that as well. Right. Yes, a very. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, it's my go-to for sure. It's my mm -hmm. go-to. Mm -hmm. And and something else I want to just point out, going back to where we began with power, is mm -hmm. when people are in, are in reactive brain, we are in that mo those mobilized states, anger, uh, agitated, fear, like we're just, <clears throat> pride. I want to do something, and I'm in charge, and I'm going to make you do it. And then we go into the immobilized states, those frozen states of, of shame and guilt and the things where we don't have very much energy. And that's really what we mean. I mean, that's a full circle. Power over is that very activated, mobilized state. Power under is a deactivated, a deactivated immobilized state. And those mm -hmm. go hand in hand in relationships. And we just think it's how it is. One person's always in charge and the other person just going along with things. And that isn't how it is. But people get entrenched believing that that's who they are. That if I'm in an immobilized state, it means there's something wrong with me. I'm a depressed person. I need to go figure it out, you know, get medication, which could be true. But very often it's the context of the relationship, their intimate relationship or relationships at work or who knows where. But versus that power with when people get there, they, well, they fall in love again. They, the possibilities are there, but they're in each individual body. Uh, it's not about, um, well, I'm just going to tell you what to do and now you're going to do it. And now we're all going to feel better. It just doesn't work. So that's why I love this whole way of thinking about things because, um, wow, because when we get back into creative brain, we all, we can find each other again and find ourselves. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for um, kind of making those connections for us. 
as we start to wind down our conversation, I want to ask you the question that I like to end with, which is, um, what's your vision for our collective liberation? Nicole, I think I might cry. What a fantastic Mm. question. Mm. Um, When I'm in creative brain, you are not my competition. You're my beloved. As you get bigger and more and more expanded, I can celebrate you because it's not about scarcity and you can celebrate me. I mean, I think that might be what we're, what we got to do today. And I feel, mm-hmm. feel tingles in my body. And I, and that's true of the person that the grocery store, the person that I'm reading about online and my like, wow, how could they be? It's like, oh no, in creative brain, they're my, they're my fellow being. They're my fellow divine uh, connecting points that I get to experience in this lifetime uh, all eight billion of us and that is talk about world transformation we can mm. we can do anything we want from that place if we just can stop seeing each other as the enemies but that's just part of reactive brain it's just not the truth so that's my 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 vision is that we all get to hang out and create a brain together and think of the next cool amazing creative fun thing to do oh i love that and i love that part about when we're in creative brain seeing each other as our beloved. I want to yeah. end on that note. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. So Julie, where can people find you um, if they want to connect with you or connect more with your work? What's your website? My website, uh, juliacallwell.com. Uh, you can call me Julie. It was the one that was available. Okay. And then <laughs> evolutionarypower.org. It's a nonprofit. We're, we're, I'm teaching all kinds of things, relational things. I'm uh, training practitioners. We've got lots of groups going on. So uh, it's very fun stuff. So come and see us. Fabulous. All right. You heard it. Go find Julie and take a workshop with her. Get some coaching from her. All of the things. Julie, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you so much for bringing your light out into the world. We are all benefiting from it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And um, for the listeners, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to our conversation and be well.